Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello, and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. I've got a couple guests on here that are going to know more about this business than I do, so I'm looking forward to speaking to them. i got Jason Denham from Art Tractor and Jake Daverko from Iron Connects. How are you guys doing? Good afternoon. Very, very good. Thanks for having us. Good, man. I'm glad you guys could be part of this. Love talking about what's going on in the marketplace, just seeing what's up. There's a fair amount of things to talk about right now. I mean, we've got all kinds of things going on. We've got, obviously, the combine issue that we see out there. We've got some... some uh, I don't know, real crop tractor issue is starting to kind of rear its ugly head a little bit, um, and that's which is a little bit different because I've not heard the panic in voices about real crop tractors that I've heard of late. So this will be interesting to watch how that plays out through uh, the end of this year going into 24. And then we've got just the good old-fashioned interest rates out there that are probably doing as much um, slowing of the trade, trade cycle as anything else is. So, Jake? Jake, let's start with you first. Um, give me your give me your background, how you got to where you're at, and what you do for Iron Connect. Yeah, uh, so I'm Jake Daverco. I work. I serve as the director of business development for Iron Connect. Uh, so I've worked here for about a year and a half now. Uh, so prior to this, I actually worked for Sandhills Global for ten years. I spent, I'd say, about two of those years working in the U.S. There originally, I'm from uh, Northeast Nebraska. I now live in Dallas, Texas. Uh, but then the, the most of my career with Sandhills was spent in their overseas market. I spent five years living in uh, in England, in the UK, in Manchester, 
uh, helping them to develop Europe. And then uh, to truly make that a global marketplace, they wanted to go into Africa. So I moved to South Africa and lived in Johannesburg for about uh, three years, building up that wow. their business. Um, then I, I came back to the U.S. to start my own venture. I was selling Caterpillar parts from South Africa to the U.S. Uh, and then uh, Dustin and AJ from Ironton got a hold of me and just said, hey, we just, we'd like to talk to you a bit about what we do. Uh, brought me in. And uh, yeah, now I, I spend a lot of time out on the road just just talking about how, you know, things like Tractor House can work right in tandem with Iron Connect. It's not necessarily swap one for the other sort of deal. And right. uh, currently I'm heading up our new last call platform for Iron Connect, which is it's built to help guys avoid some of the things we're hearing going on in mm-hmm. the auction market there. So. Right on. Okay. Right on. All right. Uh, Jason, man, how you been? It's uh, Good. been a little bit, about a month or so since I saw you last there at the Moon yeah. Iron Summit. So uh, how things are going for you? Or give me a little background on yourself yeah. and how you got where you're at. So I've always wanted to say this. I always want to say I'm the you know long time listener, first time caller. So I'm going to say that. <laughs> okay. I'm a, I've been a long time. First time, long, long time, time, right? Yeah, yeah first go. time, long time. Yep. So uh, Jason, Jason Denham. I work for. I'm the marketing manager for Martin Tractor. I'm based out of uh, Roanoke, Illinois. I've been with the company uh, 28 years. I started just shortly, about a year and a half out of high school. Started as a wash pit guy, washing mm-hmm. combines my first winter. Decided, man, this is not what I want to do. So I can imagine. Yeah. At, at, the, uh, <laughs> at that point, they let me uh, yeah. move move out of the wash pit as a lawn garden tech. I was a tech for a couple of years. And the last year I was a tech, I was starting to get into more of the, the large ag stuff. And that was, you know, 97 or so. So the 8400s just coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the new, new uh, partial transmission was there. Just the diagnostic situation was completely different from like a, you know, a 40 for 40, whatever, 40, 20 clutches, that kind of thing. So, so after that, I was able to get, get into the uh, parts department here at Roanoke as a parts guy, became parts manager. So I did that for a couple more years. In 2004, I went from uh, parts manager at Roanoke. To, I opened as a general manager of our turf store in Bloomington, Illinois. So I did that for 10 years. Okay. Uh, wanted, to, wanted to get back in the ag side, took over as a store manager at our ag store in Lexington, Illinois in like 2011, um, then uh, just eventually transitioned. We, we grew from, you know, from seven stores to 15 stores when we purchased uh, client equipment. Um, at that point, we needed more inventory manager. When I first took over, I was doing strictly new. I mean, we had enough new business going on where I was doing new orders, dealer transfers, that kind of thing. And about seven years ago, I trans, uh, took over as a uh, used equipment manager from John Hawkins. Everybody knows mm-hmm. John Hawkins. In the oh, business, yeah. So, He's, he's kind of one of the legacy guys, John H. We John call him H. Hockey. Yeah, we call him, we call him Hockey. You know, Hockey's uh, yeah. one of the guys everybody knows and, and uh, big shoes to fill, but he's kind of been my mentor through this transition, and we're starting to learn, have learned a lot more about the business in the last eight years, and here mm-hmm. I am, you know, managing inventory for uh, 13 stores, and it's just uh, it's a wild ride. We see the ups and downs. We've seen the, the good times, the, the slow times. Now we're back in the good times again a little bit, and Hopefully, we're trending the right way. So, yeah. It's been a good career so far. Well, you have a hell of a mentor. John Hawkins, good friend of mine. We go back as long as I can remember um, in this business talking about used equipment. And we both about started doing the same thing about the same time on the used equipment side. So, yeah, John's, yeah. A, John's a good guy to, to learn something from, no doubt and about did, it. And he did not pay me to uh, drop his name on there. Okay. All right. Well, I'll make sure to tell him to send you a bill. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Right on. All right, fellas, let's get into this. So let's, let's talk about, uh, Jason, start with you first. As you take a look at the overall marketplace right now, what are some of the conversations you're hearing out there when you yeah. start talking about equipment? 
the biggest conversations I've seen, I've talked to you know a lot of comparable size dealers. Mm-hmm. Seen a lot of dealers right now sending late model stuff to auction, yeah. which is kind of throwing values off tremendously. You're seeing, yeah. you know, one year, two year old seven eighty selling for sixty cents on the dollar, which is mm-hmm. not not good for the the business in general. I mean, it's good for the retail buyer. Um, that's always going to be a thing going on is, is combines. No matter what, how good things are, combines are always the the yeah. big topic. Um, the, combines. You know, are combines. Yeah, and, and getting in this summer, you kind of heard whispers of tractors just a little bit. Dealers starting to get a little heavy. Um, we have a pretty good, pretty good, uh, solid ASP lease program. Where yep. We do lease a lot of tractors. Those were a great machine to get back. Uh, we could turn them quick. We had them priced right, priced on the low end of the market, which is our goal and how we price everything on a retail market for Martin Tractor. Um, starting to see eights back up a little bit. I mean, obviously, factory availabilities changed yeah. dramatically in the last 12 months. Oh yeah, for sure. You, you know, and, and um, so it's making sure that we have equipment price, a price, right. We, we trade it right. And uh, we retail as much as we can. We're not a dealer that does a lot with auctions. Um, we've got a, a pretty good, good grip on our, on our uh, inventory. We've got a good trust in our, in our sales staff that we can, I can't say we're going to retail, retail out of everything, but uh especially late model, make sure we mm-hmm. can sell that late model stuff local. We have a solid internet salesman, Tom Egan. He's, he's great. Um, he's basically takes all the calls out of state, takes uh, retail deals out of state. Yeah. Um, helping me with some of the, you know, background paperwork. If we do stuff through iron connect, he's one of the guys that kind of leads our iron connect side with uh, my conversations between him and I. So um, again, not, not earth shattering news when it comes to combines and row crops. You know, mm-hmm. we're, I'm here in central Illinois. I'm, you know, black dirt, non-irrigated, basically as good as it gets for, for farm ground. Uh, field behind me, you're talking, you know, talking mile rows of corn and it's, it's a, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to be a John Deere dealer. Um, you know, looking at harvest equipment or harvest status right now, we're probably in my area. I think USDA report said we're Illinois 52% corn and, 60% beans, I would say we're 75% beans and probably 65, 70% done with corn. So we're definitely mm-hmm. trending in the right direction for being mid late October. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, I mean, I can't, of all places to be a deer dealer, I'm pretty fortunate we're here in Illinois. So, um, well, good deal, man. <laughs> so, so Jake, take a look at that from the platform the, of Iron Connects platform. You guys do a lot of different stuff when you start looking at sending alerts out and posting different stuff so people can see what's out there and, and some and some quick buys and those kind of things. When you're looking at that kind of stuff, Jake, what are you seeing right now that is that is trending overall with Iron Connect right now? You know, we are seeing a ton of um, you know off-brand competitive trade opportunities come across. You know, whereas previously yeah. maybe there was a, a really close relationship with a handful of local wholesalers that were giving yeah. really really strong numbers. And those wholesale numbers from from their wholesalers have backed down pretty significantly. So it's more important than ever for them to get more eyes on those those off brand trade opportunities to mm-hmm. ultimately get them out of their area. You know, the whole Iron Connect platform was built to, with efficiencies in mind. We're we're really trying to save our dealers time. You know, we're hoping 85, 90% inventory is is moving to the retail side. Uh, biggest margins live there, but we're well aware that 10 or 15% is a better fit for the wholesale market. So we try to save them time by by going out and finding the, a perfect home for that off-brand trade for them and, and more than anything, getting the highest number we can. And the market we're in where values have started to to decrease here, trades yeah. are 
are more challenging than they've ever been. You know, the retail customer has more data at their fingertips than they ever have before. And they're, they're learning how to use that in their trade scenarios to go in there and, and check auction, uh, auction results and things along those lines. So really we're seeing a lot more need for more eyes on things when previously, you know, you were almost guaranteed a, a good return yeah. from the wholesaler there. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of what we're working to do, like I said, is just save guys time, you know, as the retail market has slowed down, uh, heard some jokes saying that, you know, when inventory was so low, sales guys in this market were more glorified order takers, just had to pick up the phone and move a machine. And, and now we're hearing that guys are having to hustle more than they were. So mm-hmm. you know, while they're out there hustling, we're going out there getting eyes on on their off-brand product and, and maximizing the returns on that. And and really, like Jason had mentioned, we're just seeing now with you know, high horsepower uh, tractors that yeah. auction values have really started to go down there. Yep. We're, we're building things out to try to help avoid that scenario. Ultimately, the, the more machines that move at a, a low auction value, like Jason said, is going to have an effect on what you can sell them for retail as well. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to avoid having too many transactions like that take place in the auction market to ultimately hold the retail value as high as we can for, for our dealers out there. Yeah. So that's a, that's something I've been, been playing with for some while now is, is, you know, as we take a look at as the market as supply catches up with demand and we see more and more machines start to show up, we're starting to see this erosion of, of price. And I, I don't think that's really a big surprise to anybody. I mean, I think everybody knew this was going to eventually happen. But um, I guess where I'm looking at this from uh, is the panic that's around this idea that, hey, oh, my God, these prices are dropping. Um, what I'm looking at it from is, yeah, prices are coming down because we're seeing that the correction in the marketplace where the I used to call the the, the – uh, uh, scarcity premium on these machines is, is finally starting to kind of get eroded away. Mm-hmm. And once this gets eroded away, what does that look like? And where does that, where does that bottom come in there? I used, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, that, that time frame, those models back in, you know, when they were used machines back in, you know, kind of 14 through 20, I used to use the term soft bottom because it was never really a hard bottom, right? Mm-hmm. There's never was a hard bottom there. You were, you're knee deep in mud, no matter where you stepped, and that was just kind of how it was, you know. And, and right now, I think there's the the bottom is starting to solidify. We're starting to see what that's going to look like and how that's going to work. Um, the combine, kind of like your combine scenario, Jason, we talked about yep. that a minute ago. Um, I, hope that, I hope we've seen the bottom of the combine. Yeah, I don't, I don't you know? know that we have, man. I think we've got a little ways <laughs> to go yet. But, I'm hoping. But I mean, I'm hoping too. But I mean, as you're looking at that sixty cents on a dollar thing. I've sold a lot of combines uh, uh, on the auction and wholesale both, and about sixty cents on the dollars about what I got on them every time I did it. So it was, right. as you kind of look across that market space, it's kind of what you would normally see. The one thing I'll say about the ag equipment industry is that we have such a short memory. I mean, amnesia sets in quick when when we do the stuff we do because three years ago. Four years ago now, I guess, as you take a look at where we're at, early late nineteen going into twenty, and then you know, COVID hits, we start seeing all this stuff take off and run. Up until that point, we were being, you know, the market had we kind of we knew where the bottom was, we knew what the market looked like. If you went back and looked at the comparables between um, auction value and retail value, and that that gap between the two was roughly fifteen to twenty five percent, depending on what you're looking at. And now that's way back out of whack. Now we're $150,000 between, you know, full retail price and, and auction value, which we saw that in, in 20 and 2012, 13 going into 14, those kind of things. So we're going back to that correction cycle again. Um, 
and we saw a point two on tractors, you know, in 21, 22. Yeah. Man, as soon as we listed a used 8R, I mean, I had 10 dealers calling me wanting, oh, work, sure. you know, yeah. wanting it at retail. I mean, yeah. in, in any other time frame, we would have taken the first deal we got. But knowing mm-hmm. that things were limited and we try to keep as much as we can for our, our local guys, um, you know, we didn't know. We were just talking about what the bottom of the market was. There's a point where on some of those late model eight R's under 500 hours, you know, one season use yeah. mud rolls. The thing was, what, what's the limit? Yeah. You, you know? didn't know what top was. Yeah. That was, you know, I just dealers, go. <laughs> yeah. And there were some dealers, I mean, not yeah. only dealers, but there were some private buyers and jockeys that yeah. were kind of asking, you think, man, is that even realistic? I mean, it could be a hundred thousand over more than it should have been. I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it, it was what it was. And yeah. now we're, I've always told guys, I don't think we're in a down market. I think we're just more now in a realistic market. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point that I was trying to make there is that we've kind of got back to this normal marketplace. Um, You know, we saw a similar thing in 2010 to 2012 where there was a little bit of scarcity in the marketplace, nothing like we saw in, you know, 20 through 22 by any means. But there was a little bit of scarcity in the market. Things were getting delivered late. There were a lot of things out there that were driving the marketplace, and we saw that. But also – we had $8 corn before $8 corn was cool. You know what I mean? So it was, you know, so we had that whole thing in front of us. So there, there's a lot of, a lot of things that kind of pointed that in a different direction than what we saw here. Um, you know, Jason, as you look at what you're seeing now, how are the conversations you're having about um, values and, and interest playing into the conversation now? Oh man. I mean, I, I think the interest is there. I mean, we got guys that want to buy equipment, yep. um, I'm afraid, I mean, the, the buyer these days, you know, compared to where we were, say, 10, 12 years ago, buyers now are a lot smarter, of course, just with Internet and them seeing auction values and knowing that a, a realistic situation, a dealer is not going to retail 8Rs or, or mm-hmm. late-mount 8Rs for auction values. I mean, that's not what we're here for. That's not, you know, how we can pay our tax. That's not how we can, you know, keep things, keep things going to the dealership. But we're trying to be fair, of course, on values. Um, there's still interest. Just making sure that with his, you know, I'm our biggest competition where I'm at here in Illinois isn't isn't a red guy necessarily or a red dealer or a Fent dealer. It's other John Deere dealers. You know, sure. I've got I got other dealers within 30 mile radius. So mm-hmm. um, just making sure if we get on the deal, we stay on the deal. Uh, yeah. And, and teaching our guys to, of course, let me have to go back to the the basics of selling. You know, just going back to the follow up. You know, if you don't hear an answer in two or three days. Don't give a guy a chance to buy something else without maybe talking to us last yeah. and maybe trying to get the deal and not necessarily selling that strictly on price, but what more can we offer, you know, on combine? So can we offer another, a two year warranty on the combine? Can we order or offer another, uh, you know, a thousand hours on a power guard for a tractor? It's not just selling on price, it's selling, you know, what Martin tractor can provide for that customer. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Jake, as you look at your at your platform, um, are you seeing volume pick up on on the, the the listings of what's available out there and what guys are trying to trying to push? We absolutely are. I mean, b- before guys are getting to the point where they are putting some of these, let's say, eight mm-hmm. R's into the auction market, they're saying, you know, we would have really loved to hold to retail this machine before we go and deal with the fact that the values are so low on the auction market, let's do try to get it out and, and get it wholesale, even if it means moving it from one John dealer, deer dealer to another one. Yeah. And it's really shown the flexibility of what we offer at iron connect because last year when there was no inventory, obviously the volume was very low on our for sale listings, our pre-trade offers, but that was where our want to buy feature was the most popular part of the website. Guys were 
having customers walk in asking for something. Obviously, it wasn't on the lot there. And rather than just hang up the hat on that whole deal and send them down the road, like Jason said, they would get in touch with us and we get out there and, and cast a really wide net while they focus on their retail business. We go and track those machines down. Uh, so it's been interesting to see how much it's changed from a usage point uh, on Iron Connect in general. And uh, like you said, the volume on, on just those straight for sale listings and those pre-trade offers is significantly higher uh, than it had been. And a big part of why guys are really liking to do the deals through Iron Connect as opposed to put them through an auction is exactly the point that Jason just made there that those retail guys like my farmer, Uncle Fred in Nebraska, is he, he barely knows how to use a computer, but he can go on Tractor House. He can get values off of that. So sure. The customers are smarter than ever, so we're trying to offer a place for dealers to do deals behind closed doors so that retail customer never gets to see uh, what that price was uh, that machine was actually moved for. So, Yeah, yeah that's the uh, that off-colored, moving off-colored equipment and trying to find where that looks at. My best, I spent more time trying to cultivate and grow that relationship than I did with, with my inline dealership friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Grant, I still have you know tons of conversation with those guys too, but Knowing the case guy, knowing the New Holland guy, knowing the Fint guy, knowing the Agco guy, knowing the Gleaner guy, knowing who those people were and and who could help you, um, and then also having not just one or two, but as many as you could possibly have, because the other side about that too is they also had you know deer stuff that they wanted to to, to get rid of as well, you know. What I mean, so we could we could work that out to where we could we could trade some off color stuff. I could trade my case stuff for some deer stuff and those kind of things and work our way back through that. <clears throat> The beautiful thing about doing that was, especially when I would do stuff with um, with Iron Connect, was that I made it really easy and seamless to do that, right? So, Jason, what are some of the tools that you're using uh, that Iron Connect offers? Well, I mean, between Iron Connect, I mean, of course, we're using the, you know, I haven't done it a lot because on competitive brands, like Casey said, I kind of had a guy to go to for a mm-hmm. red guy or a, or a, you know, but when you have a late model, you know, a 22, 23 machine, if I'm going to trade a guy out of a, you know, a one-year-old, two-year-old case or a, or a, or a class or anything else like that. I want to have a firm, firm number of what I need to own it for that when we get the deal, we can just basically just turn it, Sure. you know, and yeah, it'd be nice to sit on it, you know, for a while and try to get retail, but there's some things you just, you know, just cut loose, move on, accept the deal and, uh, and get that. But, um, you know, last call is one thing we do use as well. Um, that's something that we've used in more in the last, several months between myself and the guy that helps me, Tom Egan, um, just getting machines out there that are, we have slated for, okay, we got these 10 units this week or five units this week that we're going to send to auction time. It just gives us one chance that one last, last chance basically to uh, get a machine listed um, and try to find a buyer for it where we feel that either is, is, what an auction value is, or maybe just a hair above to maybe offset some of the cost, you know? Yep. So um, I would say last call has by far been what we've used the most with mm-hmm. Iron Connect in the last month or two. And it's been, I mean, you don't sell everything. I mean, and, and not, you know, same way as using the pre-auction time and, and auction time through handles is you don't sell everything through pre-auction time either. You know, a lot of it does go to auction, but just trying to better ourselves when we can and where we can put the time in, not to hit the easy button and, you know, send to auction, but make an effort uh, and get as much as we can out of the machine. If it's auction value or even 5% above auction value in a whole, it's still better than ourselves as a company. Sure. So, Jake, explain what, what last call is. Yeah. 
So we actually had this product ready to go um, early last year, but obviously what was going on in the auction market, uh, no one was really having a bad day at auction. So yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> we didn't think it was a great time to launch a product meant to, to help mm-hmm. people in the auction market when it was doing so well. So what it is, it's just, it's built for, you know, an opportunity, like Jason said, you've, for whatever reason, you've slated a, a set of machines to, to go to auction. Uh, so before you can sign them, you say, all right, we've tried to retail these, didn't happen, unfortunately. We tried to wholesale them, also didn't happen. So now, um, just like the name says, we're going to have one last shot to maintain control over this transaction. So we list them up there, and it's got a bit of a shot clock on there saying, hey, this is going up there till Thursday at 3 o'clock. So dealers, if you if you want to get this now rather than go out and compete with your own retail customers at the auction for it and get this done behind closed doors, you have the opportunity to. And and it, we really have set it up to be a, a bit of a risk-free scenario for the dealers like like Jason. So you can put it up there. If we're able to get out there and, and move it to another dealer for you, uh, we're going to take a very nominal fee there, just a 1% fee if it moves. Uh, but if it doesn't, then you're welcome to send it to any auction house you want. We we want guys to be able to, if you want to go to Sullivan's, go ahead. If you want to go to auction time, go ahead. Uh, we're just saying, hey, give us one last shot here. We've We've added quite a few internal resources in terms of manpower just to really push these. Uh, we've built in some AI products to to do some quick matching to say this machine's up there. These are the people that have told us they like them. So uh, really, it's it's built to to save people from what's happening in the auction market with values sure. right now, and also to help them avoid you know paying unnecessary auction fees on something they're already getting kicked in the shorts on. Right. So let's talk about positioning now. So that's that's the key part of getting a lot of stuff ready too is how you have the machine positioned when you go out there and sell it. What kind of, Jake, what kind of options are you guys offering when it comes to, all right, <clears throat> you've got a price for X, we think it'll sell for Y, you should price it here and, and see what happens. How does that whole process work? Yeah, so we, we offer to our customers, we're always trying to save them time. So we say, hey, if you want to send us through that list, we've put together a team of data and a data data analysts that will take that, they'll break down all of the, the available current retail listing information out there all of the wholesale transactions that have happened for that recently, and then all of the auction market. And we'll say, hey, I know you really would like to get this number, but looking at the market, we're expecting it to go at auction around this number here. You know, Some people don't love that conversation because you're talking about them taking less money for their machine. But we're really just trying to help guys say, hey, this is a challenging it's market. It's realistic, right? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Some guys really tell me to shove it when I have those conversations with them. Say, no, I, that's what I got into it. I was like, I know, but, you know, we're trying to be realistic here on what this is going to bring at auction. So we we take that list and we'll say, hey, this is what we think. Ultimately, it's your decision what you want to list it at. They put a price there for kind of a starting number out there. And then um, we, we shoot out all the emails like we normally do. And then our team, we hit the phones for you. We're, we're out yep. there. You can continue hustling on the retail side to uh, to try to get these moved. Again, trying to keep in mind that you don't always want your retail customer to have all that data. And, you know, when they go through the auction houses, a lot of time it ends up right in front of them again. Mm-hmm. And if you pick something up at auction, then they're going to use that against you. So it, it's just like the Iron Connect platform. It's built for dealers to have a place to do deals privately behind closed doors with another dealer while we try to take the take the work off your plate and maximize that number. I, I had yep. one guy tell me that we take the fun out of selling. And I said, no, no, we, we take the not fun part out of it. We do all the not fun stuff, and then you get to do the fun part and actually close the deal because anyone who sells uh, knows I that. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the one thing about that conversation too, when it comes to comps, the guys out there looking at and what those how those come across, is that it's uh, very much a two way street. So it's uh, you know, 
what mine's worth, your yours is worth the same too. I mean, that's the <clears throat> that's the conversation that we see unfold every time we do this. So it's always a a fun game of cat and mouse and give and take. So I think I think part of the key there with using Iron Connect or really any other platform that you're trying to use before auction is just having having the manpower in place to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said earlier about not just anybody can hit the I call it the easy button to send it to an auction, a walk away from it, not worry about it and saying, you know, what it brings is what it brings. I think it takes a good group, a good dealer to spend the time to uh, research what you have, research the value you know, exhaust a few efforts before doing that. So that's, that's what we do. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's a solid, uh, solid style of managing inventory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead, Jake. Go I'm going to say, you know, more or less like, like Jason said there, that's kind of been the way things have always been done is hit that easy button. Just like, well, we didn't retail it. We haven't wholesaled it. So now just, just send it to auction and just what it brings, it brings. And you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to, say that that process is fine it's the way it's always been you have a great relationship with your auction house but why not give it one more chance here before you give total control sure. of the transaction over so we just want to say you know when you're thinking about auction regardless of which auction you're going to consign it to just back up one step and and just say before auction we're going to try last call first and, and like i said we'll try to take all the work off your plate obviously you want to run some numbers but we'll get some comps in front of you too to try to fast track that process uh, and then, like I said before, we'll do the, the not fun part and make all the phone calls and try to find a home for it for you. Yep. And I think, you know, it's one of those things, too, when you go in. That's why I, I, I talk about this a lot on here. You going into that trade transaction that you're doing with your eyes wide open and not with your blinders on because you've got to be able to see, you know, 180 degrees or however however far our humans can see with peripheral vision in there, whatever degree that is. But you know, if you're looking at everything and you see everything around you, you should be able to start seeing this this coming. What surprises me about the market in right now is that all of the road signs were posted long before we even got to this point, right? You could see everything coming, right? Were things maybe a little more accelerated than I thought they were going to be? I, yeah, by six to 12 months, probably, in my opinion, things are, are ramping up faster than they have, but Still, it's just you got to that road sign sooner than you thought. So, I mean, it's just one of those things you pay attention to. But, Jason, last thing, and then, you know, Jake, I'll get your opinion on this too. How is um, the conversation that you're having with your sales guys and what you're hearing out there, um, you know, interest rates are something that's out there. I, I still think 23 is going to finish strong. Um, 24, I don't think it's going to be an awful year by any stretch of anyone's imagination, but I don't know if that's going to be what we've seen you know, in the last couple of years, just because of where we're kind of at, things have kind of calmed down enough to where, hey, I'm going to take a look at this. I'm going to kind of do my measurements here of where I need to be at. Do I need to lease it? Do I need to buy it? What do I need to do? Do I need to fix what I got? You know, Jason, what kind of conversations are you hearing around that lease versus buy versus just go ahead and spend the money um, on the recon? So I'm in a unique situation where I don't have a lot of, I mean, the, the, that conversation, that, that, that conversation usually happens between the sales manager and the salesman. But just from what I hear, I think, I think that, you know, the purchase option is always the, probably we, we go that route probably 85% of the time mm-hmm. when it comes to a, an, an end user on the ag side. Now on the, on the lease side, we see more uh, governmental, sure. um, governmental, um, you know, national sales, you know, the nutrients, the ag mm-hmm. is all them. Um, I still think purchase is the way to go. There are ways on our end to make things creative with buying down rates. 
um, waivers, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's always a good option. The other key there is making sure our sales team is fully versed on the lease and fully versed on what happens when that lease is over. You know, yeah. is there is there a guarantee? What do we own that machine for in three years? Is that a number that we think is a a number that we would want to own that machine for? Um, I know that's changing a little bit now too, a little bit, but uh, um, just making sure that we do lease that everybody is fully, the, the deal is fully transparent to not only us, but to the customer. And there's no surprises after that three-year lease. But um, I think it's uh, just something that that conversation needs to be had between the salesman, sales manager, even um, the sales manager or, or, region or, or a corporate sales manager as well to get that full sales team buying of what's going on in that deal. Sure. Jake, well, last thing for you, man, if you take a look at what's going on, um, what are you hearing on that front too when you start looking at um, how interest rates are affecting what you what you see getting posted out there? Yeah, so I just I was actually on the road last week down in Alabama, and I heard this multiple times from some different OEMs, just that the retail market is so slow because of the interest rates, but then because of some of the packages that are being offered, you know, zero mm-hmm. percent financing, et cetera, sure. it's yeah. leading them to rather than when they would maybe buy a used unit normally, they get pushed into the the new unit, uh, and what that's creating is more trade scenarios for yeah. them. And that, that's that's obviously where we step in with that pre-trade offer thing. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a situation where guys are realizing that they need that more than ever because ultimately they want to move those new units, and then they end up you know sitting with the used ones, so they have to use our for sale part of it, but then also the pre-trade. So just mm-hmm. mostly that retail is slowing on the used side, and the new things are being uh, it's more it's more aggressive on the new side because of those those packages on the interest rates that are being offered. Yeah. That's the, uh, it's crazy, man. You sit there and think about that. Not that long ago, 0% interest rates were kind of a norm. And <laughs> now you get someone that says, you're going to give me four and a half or 5% interest, man. Just where do I sign? You know, and it's just, that's crazy to how, how fast that flipped around. But yeah, it's a very interesting time we live in. Um, guys, I appreciate you coming on. It's a good place to stop right there. Jason, folks want to reach out to you, get more information about what you're doing over at Martin Tractor. What's the best way to do that? Uh, probably through email. Uh, my email is jdenham, D-E-N-H-A-M, at martintractorinc.com. Right on. By the best way. Or you can respond to my uh, last call uh, posting. <laughs> and uh, you go. Yeah, I'm always looking to move move equipment. Right on, man. Well, it's good to see you again, Jason. Take care of yourself. Yeah, Tell Johnny you hi for me, and I'll, uh, I will. I'll holler at him here in a little while, okay? You bet. See ya. Jake, Jake how do people get hold of you over at Iron Connect? Yeah, so if, if uh, right now if you want to if you have any interest in Iron Connect or especially if you're looking at auctioning any units here before the end of the year, my email is just jake at ironconnect.com. I've got a very tricky last name, so we left that out of the email, but uh, <laughs> it's just a straight jake at ironconnect.com. And uh, I, like Jason said, you're going to see some last call units going up here soon, so uh, feel free to jump in there and shoot them some numbers. Right on, guys. Appreciate you being on, taking time to be over here, fellas. Thanks a lot. You bet. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. See the video version of this over at the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. And uh, check out everything over on movingironllc.com. That's Moving Iron related. We have some big announcements coming up here over the next couple of months, so pay attention to that there. I also have a new website coming out, so look out. So check that out. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Jason and Jake. Let's move some iron, folks. Out.